are listening to Cold Lake Community Church Podcast. I hope today's message inspires you. Cold Lake Community Church, a place where families come together. Tonight we're going to continue to carry on. How many has God been touching you? Some of you are coming alive, feel like you're waking up out of a long winter's nap. Yeah. I have a video, I want you to watch it, and I want you to pay very close attention to what he says. Pay close attention, because that's where we're going to go tonight. All right? dad passed away. My dad had been sick for a number of years um, and, and he died. He went into hospice so we kind of knew it was coming. About 10 weeks later my mom got sick out of nowhere. As it turns out my mom had to have this liver surgery for her sickness so my sisters and I were all at the hospital and uh, we go into the, the consultation room and uh, you know, waiting for the doctor to come out. He comes out, walks in. We're all sitting in this room and he goes, I'm sorry we lost her. My younger sister crumples up on the floor, crying. My older sister stands up, and her husband grabs her, and she just starts wailing. And I run out of the consultation room. I go across the hallway into this bathroom, and I shut and I lock the door. And I just start sobbing, and I fall down over the, over the toilet, and I think I'm going to throw up. And I, and I don't, and then I fall onto my back, and then I just start, I just start cursing God. I just start, I just start swearing and you know how could you do how could you do this and for the next you know season of life it was just like god like i i i cannot believe that you care about me right now i just can't and and so in the midst of that i'm like how, what does it look like to, to actually talk to god about this because everything I've, i feel like so much of what i've been told is like go to god tell him how great he is tell him you're thankful for all these things and, and it's not that I didn't think that there was there was value in that, but but that would be like sitting down with my wife when my heart is breaking inside and telling her about a football game, and 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 then her going, Josh, what's really going on, and me not telling her. So so I have this friend. He tells me, he goes, Josh, God can handle your anger. He can handle it. And so I I started this season of prayer with God. I just went, God, I'm so angry with you, and I I don't I don't necessarily want to be, but I am, and I need you I need you to meet me in my anger, because this is the only version of me there is right now, the angry guy, and if you're not willing to interact with this guy, then, I, then we can't interact. Not so much with my dad, I mean, my dad had been sick for a long time, so, so in my mind, that more made, like, the story made sense. Like, it was the, oh, this is the way the story ends. With my mom, the story didn't make sense to me. Um, you know, like my mom was this Bible teacher and she had influenced so many people and she loved people. And so for her to die that suddenly, I was like, it, it can't end this way. Like this is an awful, awful ending. And so I asked some of God, why would you do this? Um, I didn't, I, I guess I got a little bit into why me, but it was more like why her? You know, why her? And then it was more like this question, just like, God, where are you now with me? You know, so it was more about who God was rather than what he was doing, I guess. I don't need an explanation. I don't need to explain this thing away. And I, I guess, again, for me, I was like, God, I can be okay 
with the mystery of what's happening. As long as I know, you're with me in the midst of the mystery. And I guess at the end of the day, that's what I wanted. I just wanted to know that the, God was a part of that mystery with me, and I wasn't just alone in the fog, wandering around. Because if I am alone, then the most comforting thing is for me to make sense of the story and to remove the mystery and say, oh, so now I understand why this happened. And you see, see, it was good. But if God is with me, I guess I don't need the explanation. If I am alone, then I need to figure it out. But if I'm not alone, then I can be okay in the mystery. Church, so often we're not okay with the mystery. We've been taught that we have to know everything, we have to understand everything. But God is an infinite God, and we're finite beings, right? So often we try to explain everything away, everything that happens, every person that passes in our life, every issue that comes in our lives. We want to somehow explain it away, but there are mysteries involved in everything that takes place in our life. Because Christ in us is the hope of glory, but He is also a mystery. In God is contained a lot of secrets. You can't know all of Him. One day we're going to stand with Him and every day we're going to be blown away. Can you imagine? We're going to go, Oh, get out of here! Look, oh, look at the... Oh, God! Oh. Ah. I never knew! But I think we need to start some of that here and now. But we're not blown away by God anymore. Because we've been, we've explained away God so successfully. We've explained away prophecy. We've explained away healing. We've explained away a miraculous God. We've just brought him down to our level and explained everything about him. But if we get back to that place where we hallow his name, where he's a holy God, there's going to be a hunger and a thirsting after his righteousness again. But when people come into the church and they're, they're having this experience with God, we try to explain that experience to them instead of just saying it's him and there's mysteries in him and there's secrets in him and he loves you and he wants to unveil himself to you and when he does that you're not going to be able to explain everything don't try to figure it out just walk it out it's a mystery psalm 25 14 says the secret of the lord is with those who fear him We don't have any secrets anymore, church. That worship was amazing. It's been amazing every night. But that's God coming. And listen to me. He did stuff in you during that worship that you can't even explain, you won't even be able to connect with. 
for some time. We like to explain things. We want to explain God away. But while you're thinking, He knows. Total different level. And so, we've kind of gotten away from who He really is. This sovereign, amazing, incredibly loving God who stepped out of eternity, came here to the earth, and sent His Son to us so we could experience this amazing God, not so that we could explain Him away, but to every single day of your life, until you go and be with Jesus, you could have a new discovery of Him every day in your life. You could be awestruck by God. How many would like to be awestruck by God? Every day you wake up and He takes your breath away. See, we've so explained Him away. We tell everybody why He didn't heal them. Or why He did. Or whatever. And I'm like, God, You're sovereign. Do what You want to do. I don't understand it, right? I got a hole drilled in my head. It's a mystery. I don't know why it's there. I don't know why I had to go through that. But I know it changed me. And the only thing God said to me is, do you trust me? Yeah, God, I trust you. And that was it. He didn't say anything else. I said, well, well, God, at least let me know how it's going to turn out, right? Isn't that all of us? God, show me how it's going to turn out. But God asked one thing, do you trust me? Because my ability to figure things out wasn't what God wanted to work on. (laughs) God wanted to work on my ability to trust Him when I didn't know how it was going to turn out. And i got to admit, I've been telling people for years why they do what they do. (laughs) And God's been telling me for years why I do what I do. But listen, I don't have to know why God does everything the way He does it, but I will tell you this. Often He doesn't do it the way I think He ought to. Are you with me? So many of us, we've gotten into this place with God. where we've brought Him to our level. And we live with Him at our level. We bring Him down. God, You're my buddy. You're my friend. You're my whatever. And God says, I want to be more than enough. I don't want to be just enough. God didn't send His Son Jesus to be just enough, did He? He sent His Son to be more than enough. How many want more than enough? Two of you. How many want more than enough? Yeah. That's better. A mystery is something into which one must be initiated. 
instructed before it can be known. Something of itself not obvious and above human insight. Everybody say above. (laughs) God wants to bring you into his secrets. He initiates the drawing. We think if we pray enough, if we fast enough, but let me tell you something. God says, let me initiate and draw you in to my secrets and let me unveil myself to you. Stop putting words. Here, I hear God saying this. Stop putting words in my mouth. God is tired of us putting words in, our, in his mouth. How many think God could speak for himself? <laughs> I think he can. But so often we don't let him. This guy says, God, it's the angry me. It's the only presentation of me I have right now. God, I don't need to know all the answers. But if you aren't there, then I'm going to have to figure everything out so I can give my own ending to the story, right? But God, if you are there, then I'm going to have to learn how to trust you in the midst of the mystery. Let me say that again. I want it to go in. How to trust you in the midst of the mystery. We're not born again so we can understand everything. We're born again so God can initiate everything and bring us into what He has for us. How many want more of that? (laughs) I do. Right? Hey, I can be controlling. God says, oh, be still and know that I'm God. I will, God, after I figure it out. I'll be happy to be still, but in the midst of being still, I'm going to work on this. I'm going to figure it out. Because if I figure it out, it makes me what? Feel better about my circumstances. God doesn't want you to feel better about your circumstance. God wants you to feel better about your circumcision. Your heart. Out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. We want to feel better in our circumstances. That's why we bring God down here into a natural level and say, okay, God, (laughs) I got, Pastor Hayward, I got it all figured out. And just, and this is the problem, just when you get it figured out, God goes, And you go, oh, but, but I was supposed to have, this, this money was coming, this was going to happen, my train was coming in, I had this prophetic word, this happened, this happened. Hey, I want to tell you a secret. Let God give confirmation to prophetic words. Don't let somebody else cast the revelation for your life. Let them be the confirmation and not the revelation. I want to say it again. 
Let people, it's confirmed in the mouth of two or three witnesses, right? Let people be the confirmation, but don't let them be the revelation. Revelation comes from one place only. Where's that come from? Let that set for a minute. Turn with me to 2 Peter chapter 3. If you have your Bibles. If you don't, I'm scolding you heavily. Consider yourself scolded. How many have had somebody give you their word and not keep it? Let me rephrase the question. How many have given your word to somebody and not kept it? One more night. Thank God, Pastor. Tomorrow we talk about lying. (laughs) How many have given your word and not kept it? Oh, tis, 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 tis. One more time. How many have given your word and not kept it? Oh, that's better. I like a common consensus. Why? It wasn't what was in your heart, but it was your intention. Everybody say intention. Attention. Your intentions do not come from your heart. They come from your mind. So it's easy to have good intentions. I intended to pay that. I intended to do this for you. I intended to be there, right? But what the intentions, what messes up intentions? Circumstances. Right? Aren't you glad that circumstances don't mess up God's plan? Right? God goes, you you know, Pastor Lance, you know I intended to do that, but Hayward needed me. Or buddy. That's kind of sick, that buddy thing. Buddy's going to get assessing. So intentions. Everybody say intentions. See, they come out of your intellect. But out of the abundance of the heart does the mouth speak. Proverbs 4.23, above all else, guard your heart, for out of it flow what? The very issues of life. The things that are important to life, Right? The things that when you say them to somebody, they're supposed to mean something, right? And when somebody says something to you, they're supposed to mean something. But you see, the promises of God are not based on intentions. They're not based on circumstances. They're based on Jesus Christ. Everybody say Jesus Christ. They're based on Him. So I want to read you a scripture. 
Second Peter. How many are getting ready for the coming of the Lord? One and a half. One and a half of you are ready. All right, let me read it. Second Peter chapter 3, verse 3. First of all, you must understand that in the last days, scoffers will come, scoffing and following their own evil desires. They will say, where is this coming? He promised. Ever since our fathers died, everything goes on as it has since the beginning of creation. But they deliberately forgot that long ago, by God's words, the heavens existed and the earth was formed out of water and by water. By these waters, also the world of that time was deluged and destroyed. By the same word, the present heavens and earth are reserved for fire, being kept for the day of judgment and destruction of ungodly men. But do not forget this one thing. Dear friends, with the Lord, a day is as a thousand years and a thousand years as a day. The Lord is not slow in keeping His intentions, As some understand slowness, he is patient with you. Not wanting anyone to perish, but everyone to come to repentance. Right? To change the way that they think. To change the way they act. That's what the Lord wants to do. He's changing the way we think and the way that we act. How many need some help in that area? But the day of the Lord will come like a thief. Everybody say like a thief. The heavens will disappear with a roar. The elements will be destroyed by fire. And the earth and everything in it will be laid bare. How many say exciting? Right? But here's the key word here. Oh, my computer's going nutty here. Sorry about that. Technical delay. This could be a bummer. Do you know what a bummer is? This is, this is it right here. <laughs> I shouldn't need it. Uh, thank you, Pastor Lance want a Mac, a Big Mac. <laughs> it's coming back up. The promise of God. Everybody say promise. promise. See, it doesn't say the prophetic of God. It says the promise of God that this computer will work. All right. Hallelujah. And I could go on without it, but we're going to get it here because I have some things I want to get to you. Amen? All right. 
and away we go. I didn't need a Mac. I'm sorry, baby, I didn't. He said that. I don't. <laughs> Turn with me to Hebrews 4. Excuse me, Romans 4. But I just got to Hebrews 4. Romans 4, 18 through 21. I want to, I want to teach you something. So often, other people, we've allowed them to speak for God for us. How many would agree with that? As pastors, that can create a big problem. Because the Word of God says to do what? Have your own relationship with God, right? Go into your own prayer closet and what? Hear from God, right? Everybody say hear. Faith comes by hearing, right? Does faith come by just me telling you what I think God wants to do for your life? What's it like when you get in your prayer closet intimately and you're talking to God and He speaks to you what happens inside you? There is a wholeness that takes place, spirit, soul, and body. There's an alignment that happens. Church, we need this alignment. We need to hear from God. It takes a little bit of effort and work, doesn't it, to create that level of intimacy. You have to go and you have to spend time with God. Not time on Facebook, you know what I'm saying? I was praying today for you and what, that's what we've learned how to do. We've learned how to kind of cycle right on through and psychosomatically kind of uh, soothe ourselves that we're spending time with God. We need to be people that are spending time with God. Right? <laughs> how, many, how many just kind of... Um, I'm sending you this prayer right now and whatever. And God said, I'm sending you something too. It's called a prayer. I need you to be, you missed your appointment today. Because the Lord is wanting to change us. So here's what it says. It's upside down. God, you're a comedian tonight. Verse 18. Abraham is being told by God that what's going to happen? That Sarah is going to have a child, right? A son. Now, Abraham is pretty old. How old is he? I think Sarah probably has to jumpstart his rocker. He's pretty old. Okay? It says, against all hope, Abraham and hope believed, and so became the father of many nations. Just as has been said, so shall your offspring be. And here's what it says in verse 19. Without wavering in his face, he faced the fact that his body was as good as dead. How many say, well, that's exciting. <laughs> Since he was about 100 years old and that Sarah's womb was also dead. Verse 20. Yet he did not waver through unbelief regarding the intention of God? Be regarding what somebody else said? Regarding the promise of God. Everybody say the word promise. You have got to get in your Bible. There's over 3,500 promises of God in the Word of God, and you've got to get in there, and you've got to get them in here. You know why you've got to get them in here? That's the only way you're going to live them out. 
you got to search it out, get it, and here's what you got to do. you got to do just like Abraham did when God told him he did not waver through unbelief, but the Bible says he strengthened himself in his faith. That faith isn't even his own. That faith was given by God. Amen? So you got to strengthen yourself in this measure that God has given you to help you finish well. How many need to finish well? So that's what he said. Did not waver through unbelief regarding the promise of God, but was strengthened in his faith and gave glory to God. Verse 21. Being fully persuaded. Everybody say persuaded. Now, here's what you got to get. When God promises something, there's power with it. Delegated authority for it to be carried out. Amen? We've gotten kind of lazy. So we borrow words from other people. We don't get our own word from God. Somebody else got a word and we think because they got a word and they got a promise from God that it's going to be our promise. No, we have a unique relationship with God. Remember how we talked about that? You've got to go and get your own promise from God because when you do get your own promise from God, there is delegated authority. There's angelic hosts to help you carry it out. But we're borrowing words. Pastor Lance, I like the word you got, you know? And so I go, wow, that's good. Pastor Lance, I'm... That's mine. And you know what God says? God goes, that's His. I've got a word for you that's not the same as His because the word you need right now is not the same as His. You're not in the same place that He is. You don't have the same makeup that He has. You've not gone through the same circumstances that He has. You've not gone through the same hardship that He has. You've not worked and spent time. I have a word for you. I can't take your word and make it my own. Because there's no power behind it. There's no no delegated authority by God behind it. But you say it's the word of God. It's the word of God for their life. Now if if God gives me a promise out of the word and I take that, and I can begin to pray over that, that's different. But what we're doing is we're borrowing prophetic words from people. And we're making our own, making them our own, and it's messing up our lives. Everybody say messing up. Are you with me? Computer, you're asking for it. You're asking for it. What is a promise? In its truest biblical rendering, it's a pledge. The agreeing of two parties based upon good faith. Faith being integrity and honesty. How many have had somebody promise you something? What's in a promise? 
three elements. One is intent. It's much more difficult to know the condition of the pledge's heart is involved, their integrity, their character, their willingness to sacrifice to keep the terms of the agreement, their financial stability, where they're at in life, how they are. So when people say things that they're going to do for you, We're human. There's intentions. Put your faith in who? In God. God is going to see you through all the way to heaven. That's His promise. How many want to walk that out with God? Amen? The intent. What about the content? Circumstances of the pledge, the conditions, the agreement of terms, signing of contracts, chattels, giving of one's word, handshake, exchanges, exchanges of goods. What about the actual event, the fulfillment of the pledge, the completion of the contract or agreement, paying the debt in full, or delivering of the goods or services satisfactorily? What kind of promises do you think these are? They're temporal promises. God hasn't given us temporal promises. God has given us eternal promises. Everybody say eternal. They're not temporary. God has not given you temporary things god has given you permanent things from everlasting to everlasting his love is not temporary it's permanent his peace is not temporary if you equate it to the peace of the world but if you get into the original meaning of the word if you get into the arena of god that's the sustainable peace of god it's sustainable through every single thing that will happen in your life every single event that you go through that peace of god will surpass all understanding you'll actually stand there and go i i don't know why i'm so peaceful right it's in that mystery why am i peaceful right now i've just had a really suffered a bad loss why am i peaceful because the Prince of Peace, Christ in you, the hope of glory. What about strength when you need it? It's not temporary, it's permanent. God says that when you're your weakest, He's your strongest. He didn't say every now and then, you know what I'm saying? When, you, you know, when you're weak, then you know, sometimes I'll just show up and be strong. God says, I am strength. Every single thing that he says in his promises is, I am and I will. I want to say it again. I am and I will. Say that. I am, I am. and I will. Let me read this to you. 2 Corinthians 1.20. How many know that verse? It says, For no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. And so through him, the amen is spoken by us to the glory of God. Here's what it says. As much as, to the degree, to the degree of whatever, whoever as, 
Many as will have the divine assurance of the message, the pledge, or announcement of the supreme divinity are yes and even so a strong affirmation of his trustworthiness as often as spoken, so be it to the praise, the honor, the brightness, the majesty of the supreme divinity. It's not just all of his promises are yes and amen. It's all of heaven backs every single promise. All of heaven backs every single promise. How many think there's some activity in heaven? How many think that there's some movement in heaven? So when you don't borrow Lance's promise and you get your own, you know what God says? <laughs> You're ministering spirits to the heirs of salvation, and there we go. Go, and you hear this. But when you borrow somebody else's, you hear this. The angels, you know, they're like this. They're waiting. They're ready. They're ready to do God's bidding, right? And they're all ready. Can you imagine how many times they start and stop because, because of our double-mindedness? Oh! Oh! False start. No. Let's give them something to work with. How many think you could be more consistent? So all the promises of God are yes and amen. And all of heaven backs them. Amen? I, that, that blows my mind. Right? The promise is based on what? God's character. First of all, He's immutable. He's non-changing. James 1.17, Every good and perfect gift is from above and comes down from the Father of lights in whom there is no variableness or change, neither shadow of turning. Numbers 23.19, God is not a man that He should lie, nor a son of man that He should repent. Has He said and will He not do it? Or has He spoken and will He not make it good? I say, yes, he will. Yes, he will make it good. If God said it, he will make it good. But if man said it on behalf of God, see, the Word of God the Word of God is inerrant, right? Amen? But the interpretation of man, because man is fallible, can interpret the Word of God in error. You've got to get in your prayer closet. 
You've got to get in the Word of God and you've got to get along with God and let God give you your own promises for your own life and not borrow them from any place else. Not get on some prophetic website, you know what I'm saying, and scan it and take that and say, well, that's for me. Yeah, God's going to, He's going to expand my borders and He's going to do all these things and everything else. And God said, God might be saying, hey, I, I just, if you just let me talk to you, it's a pruning season, not an expanding season. See, I thought I was about ready to take off. I was on the runway. And God just blew out both engines and said, you're not going anywhere. God, I don't like that. And you know, God's kind of like, I don't really care what you like. You know, and first God asks you, then He tells you, then he makes you. The Lord God Almighty. We need to tap into his promises. I'm going to stay right here for a minute. It's probably a lie, but I'll work on it. What else? What else about the promises of God? Hebrews 13, 5, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He is the truth. John 14, 6, Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Psalm 33, 4, for the, world, for the word of the Lord is right and all his works are done in truth. Psalm 57, 10, for thy loving kindness is great to the heavens and thy truth to the clouds. How many could say Amen. God's Word, you can trust His promises. But you've got to get in the Word and dig them out. What else? God is love. John 3, 16. For God so loved the world that He gave His only begotten Son, that whoever believes in Him should not perish but have eternal life. 1 Corinthians 13, 7 says this. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. That's the same as God. It can be exchanged. Amen? 1 Corinthians 13, 8. Love never fails. God isn't going to fail us. 1 John 3, 16. We know love by this, that He laid down His life for us, and we ought to lay down our lives for our brethren. 1 John 4, 16. And we have come to know and have believed the love which God has for us. God is love, and the one who abides in love abides in God, and God abides in Him. Then 4, 18. 1 John 4, 18. There's no fear in love. But perfect love casts out fear because fear involves punishment and the one who fears is not perfected in love. How many want to be perfected in love? That's what God's promises are all about. They're all about perfecting us in His love. What's God's intent? God's intent is for us to be with Him forever. Amen? 1 Peter 2.9, but you are a, a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, everybody say possession, that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness in its marvelous light. Verse 9, 2 Peter 3.9, the Lord is not slow about his promise, we read that, as some count slowness, but is patient toward you, not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. How many want all that God has for you? The content of all these promises is God's Son, Jesus Christ. Amen? 
He who knew no sin became sin for us. While we were yet sinners, He died for us. Revelation 12, 11, we know that. We, come, we overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony and not loving our lives unto death. How many love your life? Isaiah 53, 3 and 5. He was despised and rejected by men, a man of sorrows and familiar with suffering. Like one from whom men hide their faces, he was despised and we esteemed him not. Surely he took up our infirmities and carried our sorrows, yet we considered him stricken by God, smitten by him and afflicted. But he was pierced for our transgressions. He was crushed for our iniquities. The punishment that brought us peace was upon him, and by his wounds were what? Everybody say healed. What does God want to do? What does he want to do with us? He wants us to be with him forever. First Thessalonians. He wants us to be caught up with him. For if, First Thessalonians 4.14 For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so God will bring him with him those who have fallen asleep in Jesus. Those are that are died first, right? And then after that, those of us that are left will be caught up with him. He's prepared the way for us to be in glory forever. But what's happened to us in the body of Christ is we've been around a lot of people that have had good intentions. Okay? We've been lied to because we've put too much stock in the promises of man. And we've got to get back into that place where we have our own promises from God and man is no longer able to disappoint us because we're living out our divine appointment in God. How many want to live out your divine appointment in God? Well, listen to me. The enemy uses people to get you out of what God's calling you into. You hear me? uses people as the body of Christ we've got to get back into the place where we're spending time with God because when we spend time with God we become like God you can't become like God Borrowing words from everybody else, you know what I'm saying? And running from one meeting and, what, and everything else. You've got to come in even to these meetings. You've got to come into these meetings where you've been in your prayer closet with God, right? And you're ready to receive. You're ready to receive and go to the next level with God. And that's what God's calling you to do. He's calling you to go to the next level. Not to stay where you're at. When do we get frustrated? When we're not going anywhere, when we're not moving, Right? When we're stuck and we're trapped in the same place. Jesus Christ never called us to be stuck and trapped, did He? He said, I've called you to overcome. I've called you to be more than a conqueror. Church, a lot of us are bored. Without heavenly activity, there is boredom, isn't there? Without mystery, there is boredom. But God wants us to discover more things about Him, right? He wants us to get in deeper in this relationship with Him. It 
See, we can receive a lot more healing in intimacy, in relationship with God. You're not going to get it borrowing words from one another. You're not going to get it running around. You're going to get it when you have this intimate relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in Luke 17, he says, Don't be offended. Right? He warns us it's impossible not to be, but he says there's some things that have to take place inside us so that we're not walking around offended. How many have been offended? How many have been hurt? Right? How many are carrying hurt right now? (laughs) Tomorrow night. We're going there. See, we carry around these feelings and these emotions. But when you get in the prayer closet, what does God do? God lifts that off of you so you don't have to carry it anymore. But when we don't go to God and we don't get in that place and we don't wait on Him and we don't talk to Him, right? And we don't understand that all of His promises are yes and amen. They're all backed by heaven. So God can send a word and heal you. We're too much on too many words. We need to shorten our vocabulary in in God and say, God, send me a word. We've gotten too wordy. You get people trying to tell you everything God's saying. God's not that wordy. Amen? Amen? So we've been wounded by people promising us things and it not happening. But God doesn't want you to carry that anymore because it affects your relationship with God too. You're going to stand before him one day and he's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. You know what I'm saying? And that's going to be awesome. You're going to dance with Him. You're going to rule and reign with Him, right? It's going to be amazing how that place is going to be. But right now, God says you can experience some of that right now, right now tonight. Because people have promised you things. And they've let you down. And then it's hard for us to believe God anymore that He's not going to be like that. See, because we brought Him so much down to our level that He's like that, right? He's he's at least like the good moral person we know, right? He's at least like this person that keeps their word, right? He's at least like this person, you know, of old, that when I shook his hand, right? That was a contract, right? And that person did what they were called to do. But listen... God doesn't want to be compared to man anymore. God wants to be God in your life. God wants to be bigger than your circumstances. God wants to be greater than your thoughts. God wants to be greater than what you can imagine. 
when you go to God, He always wants you to expect more abundantly above anything you can ask or think. Are you in that place anymore? Are you in that place anymore? Because you see, man has kind of taken some of that away from us, right? Some pastors have taken that away from us. They promised us things and promised us positions. But listen, you need to let that go because God has secured your position already. Man cannot determine your position. Can I say that to you again? God has already secured your position. Man cannot take that position away from you. But the enemy comes to you and says, Wow, you had such a great ministry there. God never closes one door without opening a better door. How many want a better door? Amen? A better door. Say a better door. Right? A more effectual door. How about a door that's a better fit? How about a door? Here's God's promise. I don't need you to remake yourself to serve me. I will take you just like you are. I don't need you to act a certain way to serve me. I don't need you to be a certain way to serve me. I'll take you just the way you are. The way I made you. You're fearfully and wonderfully made in my image. But do you know that there's certain people that they want you to completely be this and that before they're going to allow you to do anything? And so many of you have fallen into that trap. And I'm not talking about you being in sin. I'm talking about you just being you and they can't deal with it. God says, I'll take you just the way you are. That's the promise of God. Peter, I'll take you just the way you are. You're going to go through some changes, but I'll take you the way you are. Saul, I'll take you the way you are, and I'll turn you into Paul. The promises of God are all yes and amen. Okay? So here's what I want you to get. When you get your word from God, it fits you. It fits you in your life. And it gives you freedom to grow up and grow into Christ who's the head and be who God is calling you to be not who everybody else needs you to be so they're okay with you god will take you the way you are are you with me the promises of god are for you but you've got to come back to god and receive the promises from God, not from man, from God. I'll say it again, not from man, but from God. I've been told a lot of things in my life by people. Do you know how many of them have come true? 
Some of them, but not many of them, right? I believe in prophetic words. But stay with me just for a minute. How many believe that a prophetic word should be a confirmation to a work that God's already doing inside you? It should be a confirmation. It should be an encouragement. It should be an exhortation. How many would allow this process to begin to take place in your life now? Are you with me? We've got some things tonight that we need to let go of. People have made promises to us and they've not kept them. We've made promises to people and not kept them. We've had good intentions, right? And there's been circumstances and things that have happened. But now it's time to let all of this go so that the, we can receive the promises of God in their entirety and let them change us. Amen? How many have been disappointed? Let me see your hands. God wants to set you free tonight. He wants to set you free. He wants to set you free and bring you back to Him Renew your mind. Heal your heart. Restore your dream. And change your life. So I want you to stand with me. If you're in, how many say I'm in? Probably could have watched the video and just said a few things to you and got right to it. How many are willing to let God be a mystery? Let me see your hands again. How many are willing to let God be a mystery? Because God does not want us to explain Him away anymore. God is greater than us. He's greater than our trials. He's greater than our tribulations. Amen. How many of you need to forgive somebody that let you down? Let me see those hands again. They're all over the place. Yeah. Yeah, they let you down. They disappointed you, right? How many of you are carrying a little anger, anger over that or a little frustration or, <laughs> or just flat bitter or you know what I'm saying or just disappointed or whatever it is? But how many would say, I would like to get in on all those 3,500 plus promises of God? 
wouldn't that be better than having that one person blocking all those promises because one person let you down or ten people let you down? What if we just let those people go and we say, God, I don't want one person, ten people, a dozen people, whatever it is, blocking your entrance to blow my mind. time to let go it's time to let go if you're ready to let go let me see your hands I want you to pray this prayer with me Lord Jesus Disappointment has stood before me and my divine appointment. Lord Jesus, I admit I've been hurt. My heart's been broken. I've been disrespected. Dishonored, belittled, betrayed, dismissed, rejected. Lord Jesus, not by you, not by you. But by man. man. You're not like man. man. You promise. promise. And you fulfill your word. word. Lord Jesus. Jesus. I don't want man. man. Propped up. up. As the image. image. That I look to. That's in charge of my life and me moving forward. Lord Jesus, I choose to release the debtor from all indebtedness. There, he's beginning to move right there. Yeah. Lord Jesus, I choose to release my anger and my open disrespect for authority. I choose to let go. I choose to release. So I can be released. 
Jesus, thank you that you don't treat me like man does. You're reliable, dependable, trustworthy. Your promises, your promises are all yes and amen with all heaven backing them. We hope you've been blessed by this teaching from Coley Community Church. Thank you for your continued support of this ministry. Coley Community Church, a place where families come together.